This is The Turtle Reads. I am Clay Foreman. I'm Melissa Diaz. Good to meet you. Good to see you again after your big trip to New York. Yeah. Good How to see it? you. Good to meet you again. Meet you. <laughs> because in The Thief of Time, right, it's very clearly, and this, I mean, I think this is like a, a our world philosophy too, right? Every moment in the past is utterly is destroyed. Yeah. And then the, you're remade again in the present. Yeah. So technically we are meeting every time. Probably. And I we mean, just met right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the and president like right is now. all that matters. Yeah. And like right now. <laughs> and like right now. And like right now. Yeah, it is very existential. Like that 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 was one thing I liked about it. I haven't read this. Nice one. to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Oh man, I should have got a high before this. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, are you are you uh, of sound mind today? I just a little sleep deprived, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, sober clay. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. Um, but so, yeah. So yeah, how was your trip? Uh, my trip to New York City was uh, uneventful. It, it was my birthday. Yeah. Sure. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Um, I. Don't, it's not like I'm, I'm not on a diet, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't, I'm not trying to lose weight, but I am doing that meat diet. Yeah. So I kind of stuck with that. And so my, for my birthday, I, I mainly just splurged with like a cappuccino. Okay. Like a little, uh, any cool like thing. meat stuff, you meat food you got in New York, like that you like kind of, <laughs> I did something pretty gross with my food, like <laughs> an insane, like, I don't know. It depends on how you feel about it. Right. But I did. Okay, this is what I did. So I was like, oh, let's see how I can, you know, because New York City is very expensive for food, yeah. right? And it's like, if you go out and try to like buy your food, you're going to be spending like $100 a day. So I can't afford that. So yeah. I was like, what if I just do my meat diet here? Mm-hmm. So I went to Whole Foods. I bought, uh, I bought four pounds of ground beef, right? right? And I bought a giant carton of eggs. Mm-hmm. And I bought a bunch of cans of sardines, right? Those are cheap. And, uh, and like, a, like a cheese, you know? And I ate that shit every day. Now, here's the thing. I found a hotel that was super cheap, but the, the catch is, is, like, you don't have your own bathroom. Okay. Right? You don't have a kitchenette. You don't have any. It's very, right. it's no a cell. No freezer or anything. So it's that, a prison. Right. Which is, which is fitting because New York City is a prison. It's a shithole prison. It's a prison colony of people who keep themselves in prison. You know what I mean? So trust me, trust me, trust me. <laughs> if you're from there, you get it. Especially if you're from the Bronx. The Bronx gives you like the, the, the naked just stare into the heart of what New York is. Right. And it is a prison colony. It is like, they always talk about Rikers Island. Manhattan is Rikers Island. It's Fuck. like Rikers Island, diet Rikers. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard stories. Yeah, it's it's like you could do it. You could. Li- it's like just like anything. When you're living it, you're kind of like, oh, I guess I'm alive, you know. And you're and you just kind of like get used to it. Yeah. But you shouldn't. Yeah. But people do. But anyway, uh, so I was living in a cell for a week with a bathroom I had to share with some chick I never saw, right? And I could tell she was a chick because of her the smell of her shampoo in the bathroom, uh, unless that was somebody a, a guy who. Okay, guy. Yeah, gay guy, maybe somebody who likes women's products. But anyway, so, you know, so I had to get creative. So all I had was a coffee maker, very basic one, and a microwave. 
So I bought myself a Pyrex bowl, right? I microwaved beef all week. And then I, <laughs> and I made boiled eggs in the coffee maker. Nice. Yeah. That's, so. that's hey, like, you're saying it's like prison. Like, uh, yeah, you hear about like people in prison making their own shit by like taking Slim Jims and all that shit and yeah, get creative. It up. You gotta cre- yeah. Yeah. New York is a prison. So when you go there, you shouldn't go under the illusion of it being anything else. That's uh. how they steal your money. Right. If you think about it, think about it. You know, it's um, if you if you go to New York City and you think you're a tourist and not a prisoner. Right. You keep getting tricked because yeah. you keep going. Oh, what's that? Oh, that's pretty. Oh, let me go inside. And they go, yeah, come inside. Fifty dollars. Right. And it's like over and over again. That's how they take your money. So if you if you go in there and you understand that you are a um, you are a prisoner who has checked themselves into the gulag. Okay, <laughs> then you can act. You can act naturally. Yeah. Naturally for that environment. Right. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and it's like you know, you go in the train station. Like you can, you can see it's just rats and like insane people. Yeah. But the crazy people and the homeless people in New York are so different from the ones anywhere else in this country. Yeah. You know, here they're just kind of languishing and walking around. Right. They're like, come on, you know meth you know and you're like ah but in new york they want they like try to challenge you into giving them shit you know like they they get up in your face i literally saw a guy one time when i was a kid he just go down the cart the train car and just kind of get in your face like excuse me you got any change you know like trying to psych you out and and that's how they do it that's prison shit yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah it's yeah have you ever been exposed to violence and bullying Oh, yeah. Right. So you get what I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah, for There's sure. like this underlying hierarchy in humanity. And like whenever that gets a hold in a, a scenario, a situation, it's fucking prison rules. Yeah. You know, it's and the shittiest, strongest dickhead. Yeah. It's and a lot of it is like subversive intimidation. Like pull, guy pulls out a gun and holds it towards the ground. And it's like, hey, I think you should give me some money. A lot of that. Not 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 telling you just like putting it up there i'm not i'm not threatening you technically yeah. right <laughs> yeah. but then it's like in new york the homeless people additionally are also as delusional as the people who move there for a career in, right. on broadway they're they're just as fucking crazy in that way they they think they're gonna make it they don't even know where they want to go you know what i mean that's their issue but they they have like this Hustler energy, you know, gotta, make it, gotta yeah. go, gotta go, got, got crack to smoke, got meth to smoke, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. They got the same hustle as somebody who wants to be a dancer on Broadway. Right. But they don't go anywhere. It's, it's fucking crazy. And they're, and they're insane. But anyway, that was New York. But, but I'm used to it. So I just kind of like, but yeah. it was weird because I've lived here for a year. And when I went back, it's like, I really kind of. Well, at least you knew what to, what to do. Took it all in, yeah. Have you been to New York? <laughs> no, not yet. I, I plan on going because, uh, you know, it's, it, it is like the major city in, in America. Totally. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I've heard interesting stories, but uh, I, I do want to have like, I, I well, I would need to be financially stable enough to do it. Absolutely. But yeah. see what I'm saying? So just take my advice. It's And it's not like, you know you you're only in a prison colony you know i'm just saying like that them's the rules yeah you know and so, yeah I've, I've, I've slept in worse than a than a prison cell, i believe so you. i'm fine where i don't mind what's worse than a, a build-a-bear uh, store barn or? loft huh barn loft what's that 
a loft in a barn. Oh, a barn loft. That's some fucking Louisiana shit, right? Yeah. Oh my god, dude. What's that like? <laughs> I mean, we, we were working on a, a, a like tearing down a barn in in the in that this person's like property, and he had a new barn that was set up. And instead of just coming going back and forth, we all just slept in the loft of the new barn. Hey, you know, <laughs> I get that. I've slept uh, like five people across on a bunk bed. Um, Damn. Because I just wanted to smoke weed. That was it. Nice. I had nothing productive going we had, on. We had, uh, during whenever Hurricane Katrina hit, uh, like, it was four, it was me and all three of my siblings in one bunk bed. Me and my sister on the bottom bunk and my two brothers on the top bunk. Just, like, it was the only bed that was that, that we had available. And, yeah, that was, that was it is wild. uncomfortable. Yeah. What's a barn like, though? Barn loft. I mean, it's just like a. a I feel like it kind of you know smells like straw. Yeah, yeah. We, there was bales of hay. We, we were laying on bales of hay, and there was you know chickens that would fly up there. And let me tell you something. That's better than New York. <laughs> Sleeping with chickens, yeah. waking up to a chicken next to you. Yes, because what's it? You know, a chicken's just like. I mean, it, it might peck the shit out of you. Yeah, maybe a little. They're going to try to eat you. They try to eat everything. Yeah, they do. My, <laughs> my mom grew up in a farm, sort of like like semi-farm, right? And she told me that you could just spit on the ground and they would mm-hmm. be like, uh, 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 you know, try to get it. But my, my grandpa has a, a story of like whenever he first started doing chickens, ch- like pins, uh, it, it was like wire pins with chickens in them. And he had one row and then another row on top. And uh, over like a course of a month, the ones on the bottom were getting fatter than the ones on top because they were eating the chicken shit that was falling through the, the, the cage. Whoa. So the ones on the bottom were like plumper, but it was all yeah. like shit. Like it was literal what they were eating was just the other one, chicken shit. Dinosaurs, man. Yeah. Weird little goddamn dinosaurs. Yeah. Can you imagine when, when it was the whole earth covered in chicken shit? chickens basically they were that's what the dinosaurs were just giant chickens yeah and big loads of chicken shit and and then other little chickens eating that shit Mm -hmm. and it was like we're happy yeah and yeah they recently were like yeah no most of the dinosaurs probably had feathers not not like uh scales and shit and it's like Okay, so it was literally all like birds just running around. And yeah, we didn't know. We, we we were like dinosaurs. They must have been wearing fucking leather jackets and shit, you know? Like that's how we envisioned them. They're like fucking leather jackets. And then they would just stand in places sometimes and go, ah, because they were fucking cool, you know? That's that's what we thought. We made movies about it. Yeah. Yeah. Feathers seem t- more terrifying to me, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like having something like roaring at you with feathers prickling out and shit that's like way more wild than like it's like carnivals trying to kill you yeah you know what i mean yeah (laughs) you guys get carnival right louisiana catholic you got a carnival um you mean like like carnival like fair like carnival you know no you don't do that no i mean i guess ours is mardi gras i guess dumb yeah of course yeah so you do have but technically mardi gras is like a very Mardi Gras means uh, Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's from... the right before uh, Lent, like yeah. uh, whatever Wednesday or Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's a very specific thing. I don't know what Carnival is based around. If it's the same or not. 
Yeah. It's okay. a, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a celebration. It's a, I think it's Catholic origin. Yeah. That's Our, so, yeah, ours is just a French spit on it. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the former colonies that were Catholic, the Spanish and the French, they got their own carnival. Yeah. Yeah. They all made their own shit. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We get it once a year. We just walk around with, like, basically, we look like we're doing dinosaur face, right? We put nice. a bunch of feathers on and we're like, Arr! We're just make, we're making fun of dinosaurs. That's racist. <laughs> a speciesist. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of celebration, uh, happy birthday. Oh. I can't believe you got me something. Whoa, what is this? I like books. It is the uh, annotated Sandman omnibus. I know you don't what really aren't too into graphic novels, but this is like probably the best graphic novel ever written. And it's all annotated by Neil Gaiman Ooh. in the margins, so it has really? like all the extra shit. <laughs> Whoa, this is awesome. I love graphic novels. I just don't know enough about them. Yeah, this the, is awesome. The artwork is awesome. Yeah, Sandman, like, they, they have that Netflix series that came out recently of it, uh, but it's it was like... I saw one episode. It kind of looked... I, I like I it. Know. it. It did, it did follow pretty spot on to the comic book. Uh, I saw the first episode where he gets trapped. Yeah. In the glass. Yeah, he's thing. trapped by the the arcane mage, and uh, he. Uh, Interesting. Well, that's kind of like Thief of Time, right? Trapping time. Yeah. In a, in a glass enclosure. Yeah, he did. This is amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem. It. <laughs> this is a great, great present. Wow. Dude, nobody knows how to give me a good present. <laughs> this is awesome. That's great. Jean is like, what do I get? And I'm just like, make me cookies. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Thank you so much. No problem. Holy shit. Sorry it's so big. <laughs> no, I love Dude, there's something about a big tome, you know, when someone gives you one. It's just awesome because it feels important, you know? Yeah. And you're just like, walk around with this thing. You got to read it like it's, like a, you can't even take it out with you. You got to put it on a pedestal, you know, and like yeah. flip the t- pages. I had a... Uh... George Carlin's uh, My Big Book of Stuff. Like, oh. It was all three of his books in one, plus the extra stuff on his computer after he died. And uh, Oh, really? Yeah, it was oh, like nice. that thick, like a giant fucking book. Yeah. And I, I, I've always wanted to, I, I'm going to go and find it again, but I always thought that would be a cool one to have like on a podium, like a Bible. With a glass case yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, and just like read <laughs> one, one passage from that every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go, like how people use the Bible, you go to it for advice, you know, you're like, what do I do? Like, it's funny, people treat the Bible like it's an eight ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so confused. Do I ask Martha out for the prom or Jennifer? Right? And you just go, let me check the Bible. And you just like swing it open and it goes, and Abraham saith ye, fucketh my daughter on the seventh day for Lent and I will kill thee, motherfucker. And, you know, and he's like, Martha, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always like complete. And the, on the seventh day, the whale ate the island of Mer. And, and it's like Jennifer. Maybe Jennifer? Maybe. Maybe that's what it means. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you, by the way. Nice to meet you. <laughs> so nice to meet you. Thanks for my present. I really... Okay, no problem. I won't keep going because of whatever. It'll, it'll be like recorded. I'm just like, thank you so much. All right. Um, but anyway, so... That's interesting. So we have uh, Sandman. Do you think uh, Sandman wasn't that particular version of it? The glass enclosure that he's trapped in is inspired by Discworld even? Um, it's hard to tell, right? Yeah. When did it come out? 
that Sandman was probably probably definitely after Thief of Time, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Like, it's good to think about. You know, one time I read. Uh, I was reading some Robert Burns poetry. Yeah. I mean, who am I kidding? I read the whole fucking book. I love that. Fucking, <laughs> it's great. But but he's so old and so like he's kind of like disappearing into like the consciousness, the collective mm-hmm. consciousness, right? But it inspired so many songs and venues and other works and stuff like that. Like, yeah. um, uh, what's this? Let me see. Um, Not gonna lie, I, I, rereading Thief of Time, I, I was like wondering if Susan Stowhead as a teacher influenced Miss Frizzle. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, Miss Frizzle's she like was a, ba- kind of a lighter version of that. She's basically gothic Miss Frizzle. Like her yeah. whole classroom is the school bus. They were like going all around the world mm-hmm. and shit. And they used to have the same similar hairstyle and shit. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> except she's just like redheaded, but it's the same thing. It's the same idea. And that's, isn't that interesting? Because I feel like if your instinct kind of points you in that direction, you might. it's very likely that you're right, you know? Yeah. And so people are just constantly stealing <laughs> little things from all these like really good books yeah always like uh robert burns um uh the uh damn it what's that like i I don't know if it's it's pantera or something but it's a the uh, the date the mark of the beast or something like that what's that what band is that i'm not sure (sighs) let me see it's like Damn it. I just forgot the name of the song. Oh, Iron Maidens, The Number of the Beast. Okay. Yeah, it like inspired that song, like a Robert Burns poem. And um, remember that song people used to sing in New Year's um, when uh, America was more Scottish, I guess? I don't know. Uh, It was, you know, when old acquaintance be forgotten. That's Robert. That's a Robert Burns poem. Oh, wow. And, um, He's just like everywhere. It's like once you know a few of the things, you know, you're just like, holy shit. This, yeah. this is like everywhere. And and I think uh, Terry Pratchett probably is yeah. also kind of doing that a little bit, like his works. Yeah. He is one of those where it's like kind of so uh, cult following-ish, like, like not outside of literary people. Not enough people know about him to where people can just kind of take from him and be like, yeah, we'll put this in here. Like, right. uh, apparently, I haven't read it yet, but I, I've always meant to. The Dark Tower series with Stephen King is, like, based in a world that's, like... Uh, really? Like, the disc world. Like, it's on a turtle flying through space and shit like that. Interesting. And I didn't I'm, know that. I'm curious about whether which one came first, the disc world or the Dark Tower series. <laughs> that's, like, instead of the chicken or the egg for nerds, it's, like, which came first, the Dark Tower or the disc world? Yeah. Which is it? Yeah, I mean, that's it's two pretty major, like, fantasy writers. Yeah. And it's like, who who really did it first? So, yeah, that would be interesting to, to figure out. I mean, based on what I've seen with what happens with Hollywood movies and stuff, it's probably the British. It's You, yeah. can, you can reliably say an American stole it from a British guy. Yeah. A lot of the time. So, <laughs> that's just the thing. I mean, hey, you know, we make it better, right? Yeah. Americans do that. Uh, American culture does that with even cuisine, right? Like... Yeah. Everybody's cuisine comes here, and uh, I guess sometimes it happens in the UK though, right? And yeah. it, we come, right? The cuisine comes, and it's like, look, we have tacos, we have these, right? And then all of a sudden, like Americans will kind of be like, oh, 
that's delicious. Hey, let's add some cheese. Yeah. Right? <laughs> let's add some cheese, some cream, some milk, more eggs, some mayonnaise. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and next thing you know, you got this amazing version of, you know, an yeah, Americanized yeah. version of something. And it's great. It really is. Like, it's Anglophile, what Anglophiles do whenever they, like, colonize a place. Because British did, people did it with India. Chicken tikka right. masala and shit like that. that. That's from the UK. Yeah, they didn't make that, right? Yeah. And, and what was it? The difference? Let's add a little. Let's add a little milk here. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, and then we, we like, took over a good bit of Mexicans' place, and we were like, oh, we'll take some of your food too, and make yeah. our own shit. So, but then Tex-Mex is like way more cheese. Yeah, and like it, you know, it, I mean, it tastes good. Yeah. The only thing we can't do it with is Asian food. That's very di- Asian food doesn't go well with yeah. Cheese. But we haven't taken any, over any Asian places. Wait till we take over Japan. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Well, we kind of have like Japan and the United States have a good relationship. So there already is like sushi tacos, sushi yeah. burritos. Like we're getting in there. We're fucking getting in there. Also, we already have like a um, that smoked salmon cream cheese sushi yeah. roll. You know, what I'm look cheese putting cheese at at the drop of a fucking hat. <laughs> I love that. It's it's just such a funny thing. Americans are just like, mm, that's delicious. Uh, let me let me let's try something here, okay? And it's just like sour cream, mm, cream cheese, mm, milk, cheese. How about a little mix of all four cheeses of these, right? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, how about a three cheese blend? <laughs> yeah, it's like we got cows, man. We got cows for days. We'll help you out. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So um, that's a lot of that's really interesting about how uh, culturally it's just like. Terry Pratchett's just kind of like in this invisible, this invisible influence here in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's he 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 touched on up so much shit just within the disc world itself that like it, it be kind of that's why I kind I don't really say that they took from him because it would be hard not to also have some parallel ideas. Absolutely. Whenever he touch on such a wide range of shit, but yeah. also like yeah, whenever it is so close, like the Dark Tower series apparently being on a fucking flying turtle i'm like Mm -hmm. okay yeah i know i know stephen king has read at least one Discworld novel absolutely (laughs) so it's like he's a writer you gotta know yeah (laughs) yeah i agree but hey you know it's it's uh i mean it's commonly known that a lot of creativity is about stealing something and making it your own so stephen king you get a pass (laughs) nice to meet you by the way (laughs) yeah this this is great so thief of time uh, is another thing where there's a big f- influence, invisible influence throughout the whole book. Yeah. So it's kind of a similar thing, right? Like the influence of time. Yeah. Basically. And uh, the auditors of trying to... The push, auditors come back. Yeah, and the history monks. I, I love that it's like a the final kind of battle between them. Um, it's also like kind of just like a parody of like kung fu movies, which is super fun. I love action movies and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a lot of tongue-in-cheek. There's that running gag where um, Luze uh, keeps going, hey, do you remember rule number one? Yeah. And he's just kind of leaning on rule number one because he can't fight. But he's, he's trying staring to... down a mammoth at one point, just <laughs> yeah. like, you, are, you, you know rule number one? <laughs> yeah. What's rule number one again? It's uh, 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 always be cautious of, a, of, of a, an old man. Of a strange old man. man by himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, or, or like never challenge yeah. a strange old man who's alone to a fight or something like that. And he just keeps like using that the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, but he's clever, so in a way he does fight. Oh, yeah. And he, that's that's an interesting thing is that people use their fists and their feet 
and uh, force, right? Yeah. I mean, he's just using his wits. Yeah. He Why just, can't you use that as a weapon? Yeah. He, he just walks into most places with a broom. It's like, yes, it, there's something that needs to be swept up. Yeah. And just gets in and does whatever he wants, really. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always like, and at, while I was reading this, uh, I like, it, it's kind of narcissistic, but I'm like, oh, man, I kind of connect with Luzay on a way. It was like working here at the club. I kind of do just walk around. Even though whenever I'm off, I just walk around. People kind of just move out of my way because mm-hmm. they know, like, yeah. uh, oh, I might be doing something important. I don't think that's narcissistic. <laughs> I think you're just you. You are smart, and you identified that there is a. It, there's an interesting dynamic between what people assume you are based on what they think you are versus like what you are and can do and have at your disposal yeah you know what i mean yeah and it's because we're stupid people are fucking dumb you know (laughs) and it's easy for us to forget things and to overlook things yeah yeah i think that's i don't think that's narcissistic no that's that's just like you identify something that you experience and it was really cool like i mean there's like little things like uh how he like net doesn't get cold Uh, i i've literally sat in the back alley watching cars in freezing temperature yeah like where other none of the other employees would even go outside and, and oh you also have sort of an ability to stay I, I run warm? super hot <laughs> not like <laughs> I, I run really hot whenever I, like, that's a weird thing to say <laughs> <laughs> you guys all of my coworkers, like I, they'll be like freezing out in the back patio with like a hoodie and i'm just sitting there in a normal t-shirt and they're like, what the fuck? I've only known one other person like that. And he's a friend of that I've had since high school. His name is Pablo. And he was like that. That's the only person I've ever seen also. That he, he's just like in a t-shirt and everybody else is just like freezing their asses off. Yeah, I don't know what it is. My dad runs hot too. He, but like he's super weird. Uh, if he doesn't sleep with a pillow in between his legs, he sweats through the sheets. What the fuck? Yep. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> if, his, if his legs are touching... It creates so much heat that he just sweats through the sheets. Why? What is he? Is are his legs like a winch? You know, <laughs> what is like a, his legs like a water pump? Where he's just like, and just like fucking water starts pouring out of his face or some shit. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, you gonna put like the safety lock on his knees? <laughs> Dude, they could use a guy like him in, in like sub-Saharan Africa. You just put him in the middle of a village, and like little kids could come with buckets and just kind of be like. <laughs> That's another bucket. I guess it's saline, though. You can't eat yeah, salt no. water. Yeah. Ugh, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so he's he's hot. You're hot, mm-hmm. right? Hmm. What do you what do you think that comes from? I don't know. What's it's your guess? Weird. Like, what's your deep deep dark guess that you don't really tell people? Because you know, who's gonna talk about this other than me? I mean, <laughs> a weird. No, I don't think anybody would really <laughs> pursue this line of questioning. <laughs> yeah. Because I I I've seen people you know where it's like I run hot and people go that's nice. Uh. Can I have a ticket to, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're just like, well, all right, whatever. Um, I mean, I don't know. Just kind of like a weird biology. It, it, there's some weird, my dad is a, a, you know what a traitor is? It's a French. What is that? A treater. Um, it's like a healer. Um, traitor? And traitor. Oh. So. You guys do hoodoo? Listen, I'm just throwing words out there. So no. Okay. I, well, okay. it's close. He, how my dad explains it, and I've felt it, uh, the heat, his hands create whenever he does it. Uh-huh. Um, and then I saw him do this to my stepbrother whenever he was having like serious pains. 
uh, he what he says he does is he puts his hands on the part, place where you're having a pain and he prays mm-hmm. for him it's religious mm-hmm. and uh, I felt like whenever he does this his hands heat up to where it's like almost painful the heat mm-hmm. coming from his hands mm-hmm. and oh because you guys are hot but it's like a like a ridiculous mm-hmm. hot at uh, whenever he does this and yeah. then so it's basically like a heat mat yeah that'd probably be good that'd be good for period cramps <laughs> But yeah, my stepbrother, he was like in like serious like pain, like kidney pain or something. And and my dad like made it go away by like praying on him and stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's weird. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. My grandmother was a Santera. She'd read the tarot and all that stuff and really? do little little jobs for people. Wait, That's what she called them, little jobs, spells or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Is that like Santeria and shit? It's Santeria. Okay. Yeah. And um, she did all that stuff for a long time. She had a, she had a big uh, so y'all like clientele. had like beheaded chickens and shit like that. No, those are Puerto Ricans. Those are the, the Puerto Ricans do that. I don't know what the fuck they do that for. I don't know. Once, dude, I went hiking in Puerto Rico one time and we were like a um, along this cliff. And I totally just ran into like a pile of headless chickens with fucking and like corn cob, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, these people are wasting food, dude. Like, yeah. what the fuck, you know? But you don't you don't see that in DR so much. I think honestly, in DR they sacrifice goats. Oh, I mean, hey, you're gonna do a sacrificial thing. <sighs> More weight, the better the ritual. I'm guessing. I don't. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it sounds delicious. I mean, I feel like they don't eat it though. Yeah, no, that's that's what sucks about all the, those like sacrificial things. It's yeah. like. So y'all just throwing the bodies away? Can you like yeah. donate it? We're not gonna barbecue this. No, yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, donate it to fucking homeless shelters. Or something. They can barbecue it. Dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> fucking dumpster fire. Just roast a sacrificed they, goat. Uh, fucking hit, uh, kill two birds with one stone. Karma and your religious ritual. Like exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to me. Like, how do you, how are you gonna waste food? And usually, like people that. Um, have that belief system, right? They come from like, like a history of poverty. starvation, poverty, yeah. and poor. Yeah, like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that's why you're poor. You half keep your, half your chickens are going to rituals. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're so hungry. Oh, what time is it? Oh, it's twelve o'clock. Time to slit a goat's throat and kick it over a fucking cliff, right? Ah, I wish we could have something to eat too, though. It's like the fuck, eat the goat, stupid. I used to know like a lot of uh, people that did Santeria in New York, and it's like, did you were, were you ever involved in any like ritual stuff? No, no, we don't. We don't really have any like big rituals, and like it, it's just straight, pretty much straight Catholic where I come from. So yeah, well, you know. Catholic Catholicism and paganism. I feel like Catholicism is like a storefront for paganism. Yeah, but it's not the the. It, this is like a. Um, like like the way the Delhi mainstream of- brand Catholicism. This isn't like a, a, a any kind Secret, of like yeah. like a cultural offshoot. This is just mainstream base Catholicism. Well, no. that's because you're lazy. You guys are lazy. Yeah, right. It's yeah. not because right because it's too much work. Yeah. to do both. You know, so eventually I think people just kind of go ah, whatever. This is Our main shit. thing is alcohol. Yeah, that's drink, what it yeah. Is. drink a bunch of alcohol and look no. at your statues and be like, all right, that's cool. You know, yeah. nothing's cracked. You know, but um, I think for um. For a lot of people, though, there's like a, an undercurrent of like whatever they where they're from, whatever it used to be. Yeah. In, and Santeria is basically that. Yeah. But for uh, Nigeria, people from Nigeria, that's where it comes from. Okay. And so, yeah, they're just, oh, we're worshiping the Virgin Mary, but really it's like some fucking whatever. Ancient ritual. Of, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like lightning lady. So, uh, 
the people I used to hang out with, because I used to be a musician, um, they played drums, so they would play like ritual drums for stuff. And one time I got invited to um, somebody's grandma's birthday party, who had, she's been dead for like 50 years. So I was like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. Right? And they just needed like a backup singer and. Wait, so a birthday party who's been dead? Some ladies, she's been dead forever. Right, well, okay. And it's her birthday party. Right. All right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, this is going to be interesting, right? So I show up with my tambourine, right, to help with singing or whatever. And they take me to the living room, and right in the middle of the living room is a big effigy of, their, of the grandma. And it's just like this black dolly, like a big one, okay. sitting on a rocking chair. That's not weird That's at all. That's not weird. That's not weird. That's not weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, and then she's <laughs> surrounded by like oranges and crap, you know, flowers. And people are like bringing her an orange, like, here you go, you know. Was she like, maybe like. That's another waste of food, right? The orange. Here's an orange. <laughs> eat, eat your food. <laughs> you live in the projects. You need vitamin C, <laughs> you know. Was, was she like, maybe like, uh, did they like make her a saint or something i don't know <laughs> you can't make her a saint the saints are like or, or like they're 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 equivalent maybe like well what they do is kind of like ancestral worship like um, um chinese people do that you yeah know, and stuff like they have um they they respect and acknowledge their ancestors through ritual right okay. ritual um sacrifice and crap and giving them an orange or something yeah lottery ticket i don't fucking know but yeah, so that was happening, and uh, and it just got so weird because then they, the guys started like playing the drums, and these people started slowly. There's this thing that happens with the music where it's like, oh, we're gonna get possessed by the ancestors. Yeah, like, like the Holy Ghost thing. Yeah, it's basically like it's kind of like Pentecostal <laughs> shit, you know? It's same like a similar thing. Yeah, yeah, doing yeah. the Holy Ghost where they where they like put their hands on you and you're like, oh. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. yeah, I cannot believe that that's. Like, like, I don't, <laughs> I just, I'm so like you're an idiot, but like it's like you know like I can't. Like I know it's I know it's like you got you have like a break like you get a euphoric feel and so whatever yeah. but you should not do that no <laughs> and speaking in tongues and shit yeah but for them what they do is um, they'll start like dancing and shit and um, and um, they they'll do the speaking in tongues but then they'll do other shit right like they'll they'll drip hot candle wax all over their face so they're like wow. somebody will just eat a cigar. Hard eye contact, just fucking eat a cigar, you know. Oh, dude, there was a uh, completely off topic, but there was an MMA fighter who, uh, during the weigh-ins or, or like the the yeah the weigh-ins, whenever they were standing across from each other, he put out a cigarette on his tongue <sighs> as intimidation. I'm like, yeah, you're going far, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's your tongue, dude. <laughs> you don't like hot dogs? Like you don't want to eat good things? <laughs> like what are you doing? You just, you just took out like a shit ton of taste buds. Yeah. <laughs> Right in the middle, you're never gonna be able to taste French fries ever again. Like that, you don't. You're not gonna miss that. You're gonna void in the middle of your. Yo, I don't know, man. People take it too far. Yeah. <laughs> but I never went to another thing like that. I mean, I never got invited to one because I, I just wasn't. I'm not into it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was very like respectful and shit, but yeah. I totally like the the crazier it got, the closer I got to the wall, and I was just like. Uh, just go ahead. No, no. After you. So whenever you're you're Susan Stowell, it the power comes in, and you're just like, ah, I don't want y'all to notice me. <laughs> yeah, t- basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> yeah, I, c- I can do that. And so, 
Yeah, I, I honestly, that yeah, I kind of recognize certain traits of uh, the Susan character in in my life, of like. Yeah. How much so now that you're like I always, I mean, now I, that she you read her as a as a older as a teacher how many, how much of that yeah absolutely I definitely have that <laughs> that and it's also because I you know like I think about death a lot so I think it's related you know what I mean like when you when you're like hyper aware of how just everything can be torn away from you how like ephemeral that everything is you know yeah. I think it actually makes you a more practical person yeah, yeah. you you don't fuck around you're just kind of like all right you know I'm just gonna do my taxes, you know, fuck yeah. it. Yeah, this is what we're doing right now. Yeah, she's, she's very logical to a point where it's like, Stupid. she's she's logically explaining anthropomorphic shit. And yeah. She's, <laughs> like, it, it, it's, it's uh, the ultimate version of logic in a fantasy. Like, like yeah, it, 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 she... Where it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's Where, it's where ridiculous. her logic as actually a form of fantasy. Yeah. Right? Like, as fantastic things are happening around her, she's she's spinning herself a story yeah. about how it's, like, perfectly logical yeah. and there's, like, an explanation, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, an, it's funny how... That's one thing I like about these Discworld books, like the Terry Pratchett's uh, writing style, like the formula for this, these stories, is he he does have a really clever... very ta- He's very talented at you know, presenting ideas like that in, in the story. And yeah. it's not too, like, ham-fisted. It's yeah. not over the top. He, it's very subtle, and it doesn't interrupt the story. Yeah, he brings story. out these complex ideas in very simple kind of witty ways, mm-hmm. just, like, with quick little quips and, and, and simple sayings. Like, uh, one of the, uh, they, like, Lobsang was asking Lutze some questions. He's like, uh... Yeah, one of one of Wynn's main answers to to all the questions is just because. Yeah, <laughs> it's like super profound, <laughs> right? And there's also that thing in the story where he's like, uh, "My way, the way," yeah, the which way. is the way of Mrs. Cosmopolite. Uh, Cosmopolite, right? which is just some lady who lives in this building, and yep. she just says like really ob- like Captain Obvious sayings, you yeah, know? Yeah. And she's like, "It ain't gonna pick itself up," you know? And yeah. he, that's like. And he's like, that's... No time like the present. Right, exactly. (laughs) She's just like some productive lady, you know? And he's just like, this woman's a genius. Yeah. And she's like, oh, teach me, master, you know? And she's just like, well, you know, don't leave your socks on the floor. And he's like, yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Leave your socks on the floor. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, let's dive in, shall we? Sure. Let's do this uh, plot so that we can have uh, some kind of structure because we both have ADHD and we don't know how to do that (laughs) on our own. So... Uh, Thief of Time is the 26th Discworld novel written by Terry Pratchett. Title comes from the traditional saying, procrastination is the thief of time. Oh, I didn't know that. However, in a more recent Corgi edition, the title reads The Thief of Time instead of Thief of Time. Well, okay, whatever. Semantics. But I didn't know. Okay, procrastination is the thief of time. Yeah. Is there some Because cl- procrastination was a, a big uh, plot point in that book, in that story, right? Uh, so they, they mentioned it. It's, it's like procrastination. Uh, I think the. Um, I'm just like not remembering where exactly. The those spinning. Um, the procrastinators. Yes. Yes, that's what it was. The wind up things that control time at the that the history monks kind of uh, use to to move time around. They're called the procrastinators. Big the procrastinators. Giant. Yeah. Perfect. Like wheel 
uh, cylinders. Big cylinders with um, hieroglyphics etched yeah. into them, right? And they yeah. spin, and then they uh, counter spin also. There's like yeah. ones that pull time back and one that, ones that pull time forward, and then they kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. Do they only cancel each other out in that monastery? Oh. Uh, so that they can always have that eternal spring day? No, no, it? no. They they do it. Uh, they can from that monastery. They can manipulate time across the whole disc world. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then they also use that mandala, right? The mandala is just to be able to look at look at different parts of time. It's almost like an anal- an, an analytical tool. Yeah. Yeah. It's their like statistics and shit. Yeah, yeah. How, okay. See how what's changing and how it's changing and why mm-hmm. possibly if they if the person looking at it can tell. Right. And so they're following the path of the the great Wen. Yeah. And he's basically a proxy for Buddha. Yes, yes. Right. He he uh did a stint of prayer and meditation and then uh ended up fucking time. Yeah, exactly. Well that's the plot <laughs> twist at the end. You gave it away, man. Oh well, you should have read it anyway. But like, yeah. Um yeah, so he, he fucked time and they had um, a, a baby, but a baby that split yep. in it, time. Yeah. yeah. It, instead of having twins, they had, uh, instead of it being two souls in an identical body, it's an identical soul in two bodies. Right. Which was really interesting. Yeah. I, and that, he, you know, I, I kind of saw every other part of that coming, yeah. except for that one. You know, he, he always, Terry Pratchett always manages to give you a little bit of yeah. a twist. Like, yeah, he, he feeds you just enough to where you're like, oh, I get it. I get it. And then it's like, no, you didn't quite get it. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like being able to read a book that can do that still, you know. Uh, yeah. And then it's an interesting dynamic because the two um, Lopsangs, basically, right? Lops Lopsang and Jeremy, and Jeremy which uh, is Jeremy Clarkson, the... Uh, is Jeremy Clarkson is from, oh. from the the British uh, the guy from Top Gear. Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, really? Yes, that's okay, what his name's based off of. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like the destructive force of the two. Yeah, and yeah. then Lapsang's the creative. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. Jeremy is is such like a tor- seems like a tortured soul, and I don't even know why. Like, oh, he, clearly it's autism. You know, <laughs> clearly Jeremy without Lapsang is autism. It's just autism personified. He loves yeah. clocks. Yeah. Loves clocks only. He could talk about clocks for days. Yeah. For da- that's autism. It, right. It's like that character is an autistic person. And it's like he's just trying to he's trying to make sense of the world. He's trying to understand the world. And he he wants the world to understand him. And it doesn't. Yeah. You know? And so that's autism. All right. <laughs> I mean, from like from a lay person's experience of autism, yeah. that's totally autism. Yeah. You know? Uh, where it just seems like this person is just constantly like befuddled with yeah. people and yeah. they just prefer to stick to things that make sense like clocks you know? <laughs> or, or uh, trains trains yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the one everyone goes to with autistic people it's like are you interested in trains and it's like I mean what if somebody just likes how engines run you know like I, know. I feel like you took that personal <laughs> it'd be like it was you like I like trains <laughs> Trains are fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's and then uh, Lao saying just uh, he's like chaotic. You're chaotic good, like constantly stealing from people just to see that he could. Yes, <laughs> just like Jack and uh, Luzay's sh- shovel and shit like that. What do you think that was all about? Uh, why, why would why? What do you think? 
like why did Terry Pratchett put that in? Like why was he 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 grew up in the Thieves Guild, Thieves Guild. Yeah. And um, but why 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 do you think he? Just uh like I guess just as like a little like quirk of his that also fit the the uh, overall idea of like a thief of time, like a, a guy who's like stealing time to from uh, one place to another. Yeah, which is actually he's stealing. Well, okay, here here we go. Right, so okay, my brain's working for a second. So let's let's follow that for real quick. Okay, he's stealing. He's a thief, right? The monks literally stole parts of history. Yeah, to to fix rebuild. It. Yeah. The parts that got destroyed when the first clock was built. That's the premise of this, or like the uh, the catalyst of this story, which yeah. is um, that Jeremy starts to build that clock again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Sure. So he's yeah he he's kind of like uh, the well he is the the uh, progen- progeny of mm-hmm. the original uh, went the win like when who is the the eternally surprised eternally surprised uh and he so he's like uh the one who's supposed to take up the mantle i guess of this the history monks and shit so naturally he'd be the one who would like help fix this by stealing time from all over yep. and patchworking it together so yeah uh but it was just interesting like having those two completely different like jeremy clockson just neurotic like super obsessed with clocks doesn't like anybody while saying the super free like likes physical stuff likes going out just that one little quirk of oh yeah i like to jack people's shit just for fun yeah with autism and adhd right and then when they come together they they're finally whole again (laughs) You see? You see that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's why me and Gene work, I think. Because I'm ADHD. He's more like autism. You okay. Know? In, in that much much less on the spectrum, for, probably for both of us, but still. Yeah. It's like a good balancing act. You, you got to find yourself somebody with autism. All right. Which is, you work in a comedy club. Perfect. I you mean, will always meet people like that. Yeah, but uh, comic chicks with autism are an issue i know a couple ah shit whatever <laughs> once like the the right pair of tits comes by you're gonna that, that's just gonna go right the fuck out the window you're like unprincipled yeah sure okay listen love love just ha- fucking happens to you so deal with it <laughs> deal with that shit uh, i hope um, she's not too crazy though because yeah female comics are insane <laughs> but yeah, what are you gonna do yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. So why did you pick this one for this um, episode? Uh, most, uh, mostly because it is the third in the Susan Stohelet, um series. Okay. Uh, so we can kind of wrap that that up and like see that progression. Susan um, Stohelet. And also, it fun little death and five horsemen versus the auditors, you know. Let's, I like that let's, too. Let's yeah. see these bureaucrats get fucked up, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
I love, we love, we love to see it. Yeah. Bureaucrats getting fucked up. We love it. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was great uh, reading like them running around just putting chocolate in their mouths and them exploding. Yeah. That shit's fun. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great way to kill somebody. Yes. <laughs> Shoving chocolate down their throat. Um, they die of bliss. But yeah, I didn't, I like, I'd, I'd even forgot how, how intricate and complex this whole story is with like all the time shit and all that until i was reading it and i'm like fuck this is a lot like they go like what is going to have have happened and like shit like that like really complex time paradoxes shit like that Mm -hmm. i'm like oh this is getting way deeper than i thought it would but it's it's still like keeps it lighthearted and fun it does in 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 between where it's like but it's very con- like high concept. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Because you picked it just to, to kind of be like, all right, let's dive a little bit more into Susan Stohella. But then, you know, yeah, you you found that, that you bit off a lot more. Right? Yeah. There's like more it's great. to, to it's, get, a, get a handle on. Yeah. And, and also, I, I, action movies are one of my favorite things. So it's like, the especially the part where uh, him, Lobsang and Lutze are about to like fight in the dojo the first time mm-hmm. and they're going through like he's he's like saying all these different martial arts style like deja vu and shit and i'm like oh this is great yeah, like deja vu I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just a little silly shit like that but also the yeah the actual like hearing like um oh, the yeti Oh, the Yeti thing. Dude, that's so fun. Where they cut the Yeti's head off. Yes. And then he just rewinds his time. <laughs> yeah, he to... presets a time loop to where he just goes back before his head was chopped off. Yeah. That is so wild. <laughs> I thought it was crazy. It was really... But I still... I'm like, why did they do that, though? It was some kind of payment? He said it was some kind of payment that was due or something like that. And mm. I don't get why... Yeah, I think it's... Uh, Aside from it being super cool. It's <laughs> just a cool thing to see. Uh, I think it's a time payment. Uh, okay. Because uh, I'm not exactly sure, but it, I think it's something to do with because of how um, they saved him, mm-hmm. how they saved the Yeti, and they used up some of their, like... Oh, they used up some of their time to save yeah. the Yeti, so he gives it back to them, yeah, and it's like life. Some shit like that, Life yeah. for life. yeah interestingly fucking weird yeah uh, all right i'm glad we don't have that barter system <laughs> and this stuff i don't want to get my head cut off <laughs> fucking crazy. you ever see videos of those guillotine um assassinate or executions no there's uh, there's like one there's one black and white one a grainy one that you could that's like i think one of the last guillotine executions shit and it's recorded Damn. you see the head fly off I mean, I, I, I looked up, uh, you know, the, um, what was the old website? Uh, I forget what it was. It was like break.com or some, some ridiculous shit like that where it was like, uh, you just see a bunch of gore. Yeah. Oh yeah. When, uh, what the worst one was, have you seen the tire, the tire, uh, like torture? Uh, oh, where they throw the tires necklace. on you to light it on fire? Yeah, like they the, just do that in Haiti. I just happen to know that. Yeah, yeah uh, there was they. Um, I saw a video of it. That like they literally like it was like it, something necklace or something they call it, and they like chain a tire to your neck and then they light it on fire and just like let you run around. Yeah. That is wild. That is super painful and awful. That's so cruel. 
it's, it's fucking crazy. I don't know what the hell. Do you know what where that what country was happening in? Um, the one I watched was somewhere in the Middle East. Middle East. Yeah. yeah. Um, all I know is that I would hear stories about that f- from Haiti. Like it would happen in Haiti, Damn. and um, sometimes they put you all in tires and then light that on fire, yeah. and that's also painful. But that that I don't. You can only do that if you believe in the afterlife or some shit. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like. I don't know, because Haitians have that thing where they, they have zombies. Yeah. You know that? Maybe yeah. maybe that's why. somebody. Yeah. Maybe that's why they think I don't know. it's cool. It, it's Because it, they think they're a bunch of yetis from Discworld. You know? <laughs> it's just like, it's okay. You know, don't worry about it. Oh, man. Yeah, that's all right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was a super downer. Yeah. <laughs> a little too real in this fantasy podcast. <laughs> Dude, that is the worst though. I mean, I think about it, but I, I just can't help it, man. My my imagination just like runs away whenever I learn of some way to die. Remember when we talked about hippos yeah. killing you? I just think about hippos all two weeks. The last two weeks I've been about hippos and like what that would feel like, you know? Like you're on some tour boat and you just fucking fall into the swamp I mean, right next to some hippo mom or something. And and like I don't know, I'm 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 a little weird because like at that point we never really like discussing hippos. Like, wouldn't it be cool to ride a hippo? <laughs> like, yeah. How you get around it though and on it. Oh no! I mean, if you can get reins in its mouth. Good luck. And then like grab the reins, just fucking hop on that bitch. <laughs> I, I would. I would be down to ride a hippo. You're such a dude. <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh my god, eaten by hippos? You're like, yeah, ride that bitch. <laughs> what are you talking about? You would wanna, be the, You don't want to conquer nature? Be the ultimate water horse, just like riding <laughs> around, goes just charges through a river with you on its back. That is ridiculous, <laughs> but okay, we'll let that slide. <laughs> Did you know hippopotamus actually means water horse? That's great. Yeah, so you got it spot on. Uh, I did that shit without even knowing. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, hippos, Greek for horse, and uh, potamus, pot, like pot, potable, right? right? Potamus. Nice. Yeah. I tried to teach myself ancient Greek one time. You and, tried, uh, so it didn't work? It's a, it's a language. And then it's ancient Greek, so it's like, why am I even learning this? Right. I can't go to Greece and order a burger. That's you know? like that's like trying to learn lat, like ancient like Latin shit. Yeah. And, and you're like, when is this gonna be used? Except for some like random movie I'm gonna watch where they use like one phrase, and you're like, I know what that means, and one it scene. says something about the later part of the movie, and, you're, and everybody's like, <laughs> cool, but yeah. we're still gonna watch the movie. Right. <laughs> or, Don't ruin the twist for us because of your stupid Latin words. Yeah. Or maybe you just you just sit in some Orthodox church and you you just get to be the only one that's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's fucking. So so I stopped, but I I picked up some stuff along the way. But yeah. Uh, right. uh, something else we haven't talked about is uh, Igor. Igor, that was an interesting. I don't even know. From he, he was Uberwald. A, Uberwald, the, yeah. They're Russia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, probably Germany or something, right? Or like maybe even like... Uh, oh, Romania. More, yeah, yeah, like Romania, some like Eastern Slavic. Yeah. You know, they're trying to make it sound like that. Yeah. And he has four thumbs. Four is, thumbs, yes. Yeah. I mean, hey, if posable thumbs is what makes humans partially like really good at using tools, then wouldn't having two more thumbs make us even better? I don't know. 
though. Because like I, another I thumb off this side, it. and you can like off of the other side. Yes. But is that what he had? I think so. Oh, then that makes more sense. Because I thought it was like two these like two thumbs like this. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's useful. a thumb off the other end, so you could literally just grab stuff all the way around. Yeah, that would actually be pretty good. We should work on that. <laughs> I give you ideas yeah. now. You're like, oh, how did they get that? All right, let's see. <laughs> yeah, that would be really useful. Because your pinky's useless. You know? yeah, yeah. In fact, you could get rid of the pinky and just have a thumb there instead. Actually, my, my brother dated a chick who was born without one of her... her uh, I think she was born without her index finger or something. Uh-huh. So they splayed out... No, she was born without her thumb. So they splayed it out all her fingers so her index finger was her thumb holy crap and uh how did that work she beat us at video games all the time <laughs> she was really good at video games her thumb is just like and she she has an extra long thumb and she like made sh- like she didn't she was the type of person like i'm not gonna let this like hold me back type person yeah. so she played like she did all the stuff that you would expect her to kind of like be less at because she only has four fingers okay she she just went in full and she so was she's, like she's just doing everything she's like at, she's at casinos like dealing cards <laughs> she's playing fucking video games yeah, she, yeah. Or, or some shit yeah okay she was super cool <laughs> <laughs> she's like taking typing classes and shit and just doing all kinds of shit that's great yeah She's tying like sailors knots. She's like, what? <laughs> do it, be a mixologist. You know, just do just like everything you can think of. <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna give the best hand jobs ever. <laughs> no one will beat me. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like it would be a, a kind of extra bony hand job that was like really long, thin fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess a bony hand job doesn't really sound as good. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like death, like in the book, giving somebody a hand job. <laughs> he would just be like, God dang it, don't rule 34 this. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I had some distant cousins that just grew some extra pinkies, but that's kind of it. That's all. All right. That's, a, that's inbreeding, but yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, so here we go. Plot summary. Um, the auditors, right? I'm coming back to these guys. And who are the auditors? Uh, 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 like the bureaucrats of the universe, the universe, reality itself, right? Because yeah. I, I feel like they're also auditors of multiple universes, I would say, right? It seems like yeah, they're, they're so. just like all across yeah. the board, like just this the, one they probably just kind of focus on because it's humans and shit. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they probably are like multi dimensional. Mm-hmm beings that just kind of like go around auditing life in general yeah yeah i think (laughs) auditor has a worse connotation in the uk than it does here i think for us it would be like the irs yeah you know like the multi-dimensional irs yeah it's kind of basically the same thing getting audited have you ever been audited no, I'm, I'm. I don't. I haven't done enough stuff to get audited. Nobody really cares about what I'm doing right now. I don't make <laughs> enough money for myself. Much yeah, that's less the thing. Pay you, people. You have to be at a certain income bracket to yeah. to be upset about getting audited. There's 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 the income bracket where you hit where you get you're getting audited, and then you get high enough to where you can do loopholes to not get audited. <laughs> So yeah. there's that there's that little middle ground where you're just rich enough to get audited, but not rich enough to fuck over 
the IRS. I think I think that's why like <laughs> a, a lot of um, people who get past that to the tricky to the where they can trick the IRS part. I think that's why they tend to be crooks and shit. Yeah, because they're more willing. Yeah. To, to get because I think they they feel entitled and I get that feeling of entitlement to kind of be like take my money fuck you you know it's I'm, like I'm, I'm gonna yeah I'm kind of in the in the uh, mindset of uh, taxation is theft so I'm uh, are you a libertarian no but oh, okay. libertarians have some good ideas they totally have some good ideas you don't have uh, to feel embarrassed I feel <laughs> you know the one of the worst I'm things, not embarrassed it's just it's just like but getting into politics of, is is so like uh, are, are yeah. we gonna go like like do You're I have so to right. go into the the minutia of like what good ideas they have like no no you absolutely don't no <laughs> no no not with you just in general whenever you start talking about like whenever you get into a conversation of it with somebody it's like all right you're gonna like if, if I say I I agree with some libertarian shit then I have to go and qualify that of like okay taxation is theft humans should be free to do whatever the fuck they want as long as they don't hurt other people. Nah, dude, that's that's like on them, though. Because yeah. I feel like if, if all you ever wanted to learn about libertarian or bothered to learn about libertarianism is just kind of like... Uh, the bad things or like your imp- your your bad impression of it based on your peers or yeah. some kind of nebulous thing like that yeah. and you didn't actually take the time to look just look because they do have good ideas a lot of different ideologies have good ideas yeah. right and it's not all like hit or miss you know yeah. except uh, communism but you know like <laughs> it's like they, they boil it down to like whenever somebody hears libertarians like oh it's conservatives who smoke weed yeah like it's like no that's not but they say that to sound smart. But the reality is, is that they say that because they're stupid. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Or lazy. Yeah. Like you're too lazy to have looked into it enough to find some common ground. You're a dickhead. Yeah. Not only are you lazy, you're an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you don't even want to like extend an olive branch and understand anything. Yeah. You're a fucking, you're a weed smoking conservative, right? <laughs> really? Because you don't even want to go outside of your wheelhouse. That's conservative. Yeah. That's, that's a conservative to me. So, you know, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, I, it's just like when you did that, when you said, uh, you kind of did like an aw shucks, you know? And, I, and that's the thing that upsets me about now is like you have to be like closeted about just yeah. some opinion. Yeah. It's, I, a, it's bullshit. Let's, we got to get out of the closet, put the gays back in there and like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's for them, you know, so they can have fun again. So it's taboo, and they have yeah. like taboo sex, you yeah. know, and uh, have cool clubs again because gay clubs suck now, you know. It's like not the same. It's too inclusive and friendly, you know. <laughs> Before it was like full of pathology. That's hot sex. I mean, we have the club next door, Barbarella's. They do uh, Tuesdays on Tuesday. Yeah, look at that. That's awful. Tuesdays. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh, I, we went, you think that because you're straight? No, no. We went. Uh, me and. Three friends of mine. Two two of them were uh, a guy and a girl who were dating, and the other one was just this big black Adonis dude. <laughs> and we're about to leave, and he decides to go to the bathroom on his own. And we're like, "All right, like we're ready to leave, but go go to the bathroom." And we should have realized that that was a bad idea. He comes back like ten minutes later, like we got to go. And we're like, "What happened?" He's like, he had gotten like rubbed up on the entire way to the bathroom and then while he has his dick out at the urinal a guy comes up and rubs from top of his spine down to the crack of his ass just rubs him like that and he's like what the fuck and spins around like what the fuck dude and guy's like whoa 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 whoa. let me get you a shot and he's like all right (laughs) 
It's like you, you just got sexually assaulted. You might as well get a shot out of it and yeah. then put the like tell the guy gracefully all right i'm not gay thank you for the shot i'm gone see but that's that's why they get away with you know you could sexually harass each other as guys because guys know how to calm each other down because they they're guys right so they in some level you you you're like oh wait wait wait, you're upset how about a shot right and a guy's like but they try that with girls and girls like what the fuck yeah what the fuck are you talking about you fucking shot you fucking rapist you know but if they knew how to deal with women right they would like touch their asses and when the girl's like whoa right they go listen your dad's proud of you, I'm sure. <laughs> you know? I know it. I spoke to him. Right? And she'd be like, okay. <laughs> you see? It's like you you got you don't you need to know how to interact with women. So so that's that's how I should do it? Yeah. Yeah, you, you put a move and you go, you know, I think your father would be really proud of you, how you handled yourself. And then and they would they would be like, All right, this guy gets it, you know. Like, I guess I won't, you know. It's I understand. It's okay, you know? And that's it. Okay. Anyway, that's a tip for everybody. So, I'll tell you. I'll tell you all the secrets. I don't give a fuck. I just want people to be happy. So, here's the plot that we, <laughs> took us like an hour to get to. The auditors, the the uh, multi-dimensional bureaucrats of reality, convince a young clockmaker, Jerry Jeremy Clockson, right in Ankh Morpork, to build a perfect perfect glass clock i'm a little off on reading today they did not reveal that this will imprison time the anthropomorphic personification which is a lady and thereby freeze time the physical quantity on the disc world by freezing time the auditors intend to eliminate the unpredictability that humans cause through their everyday actions death discovers their plans but is unable to act directly because of the rules of the universe death sends his granddaughter again susan to stop them so, <clears throat> you know, this is like the introduction of Jeremy Clarkson, right? This is um, when one of the auditors becomes a woman, um, Legine. Legine, yes. Le- Legine. And approaches him with the clock building um, plan and like pays him and is like, I'll give you everything you need, right? Yeah. And then she sends him I, uh, Igor, a big box of a guy. He shipped himself in yeah. the box they, to this guy's door. They're an organization of Igors. Yeah. And they, they get shipped to mad scientists around the world. and yeah. Definitely just... something I'm going to be looking up on Amazon to see <laughs> if they provide some kind of service like that. So that would be really cool. Igors. They have <laughs> yeah. they have all, all have a lisp. Yeah, what was that all about? That, that they could get rid of at any point in time. It's like a... It's like a <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. He, he said it like in the book. He's like... Uh, or, or he says it to himself. It's like I don't need this lisp, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they they just do it just because it's like it adds to the effect. Just like the limp, same thing with the limp. Yeah, they just limp just because they don't limp for real. That's kind of funny because there is a young Frankenstein movie. You ever saw that? Yeah, the black and white one. Yeah. It's like Igor. Yeah, yeah, and it, and the whole gag is kind of similar. Where like he has a hunch, but then like in the next scene, it's like on the other side. <laughs> And then the guy's like, wait a minute. And that he's was, like, um, fuck, who was the actor? Gene Wilder? Was that Gene Wilder? Gene Wilder was the Frankenstein scientist. Okay. The other guy, I forget his name. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. but he was in that movie, right? Which one? The uh, Young Frankenstein? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. And yeah, so, that was a good one. Yeah, that's Gene Wilder and a bunch of other people. And it's uh, it's a really good movie. And he does the same thing. Like, he has a fake limp. He has a fake hunch. Yeah. You know? He's, he's like, my name's Igor. And he's like, isn't it Igor? He's like... No, <laughs> <laughs> but that that actor, his eyes 
that was real. Oh, really? He really had like eyes that just kind of pointed. Oh, that's slightly in different directions. That's weird. Eh, you know what are you gonna? I do? mean, no, yeah. If it, if you're gonna cast someone in that kind of role and you can get that that weird of a looking person for yeah. that, <laughs> hey, go with it. I think without the eyes, he he looks. He probably would look okay, but. Yeah, he he. I think he just has like the one eye, kind of like points out. Yeah. What are you gonna do? I I do like that, like uh, Forrest Whitaker. Oh, he has like kind of like that lazy eye, but he's like a major actor. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I I miss when they used to cast people because they looked interesting. Yeah. And and not just hot. Hot is fine. It's nice to see some hot people, but like. It, people used to look interesting. Yeah. Had, like Dustin Hoffman, right? fucking big ass nose, yeah. you know, and like uh, Meryl Streep, you know, she looks just odd. You, you can't even, def- it's like indefinably odd. You don't even know why she looks weird. You just know she kind of <laughs> looks weird, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, just all these people, they looked interesting. They, yeah. I miss It gives that. them some character. Yeah. It, it, besides just hot. Yeah, hot is fine. Look, hot, we, everybody likes looking at pretty things, yeah. you know? But we also like looking at fucking weird things. Oh, yeah, uh, Danny Trejo, kind of like all pockmarked. Yeah, all that, right? <laughs> uh, uh, Edward James Olmos also, yeah. you know? It's like, you, come on, man, get some uglies in there. Like, get some, you know? Because they, like, they look interesting. Uglies can act good, too. Yeah, and it's, like, good because, cause, like, you know, if you see too many hot people, you stop believing that ugly people uh, matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's not right, you know? I thought you were about to say that ugly people exist. Oh, yeah. Well, that too. You, you, you st- and then when you see them, you're like, oh, my God. You know, but but we see ugly people in life. But then it's like, but then you stop thinking that they are, are fucking human beings. They, they're, like, interesting. They have stories, you know? Yeah. It's like you got to give them stories in movies. Yeah. I think it's like, I, I fucking hate that shit. They sh- the only, and uh, they don't do it for old Older ladies, either I guess. They have one. Oh my god! I saw a trailer for a movie. We're getting so off topic, but this was such a ridiculous trailer. This is this is this podcast. Yeah, we just go way off topic and come back to something we are barely talking about. I think it's called Eighty for Brady. Okay. Um, it it's about I think it's like I think it's Meryl Streep or some old lady, some old, bitch. Some old actress lady. Yeah. Who uh, like the whole movie is about her in her eighties trying to fuck Tom Brady. That is the entire movie. Really? Apparently. I'm yeah, pretty, pretty sure. Yeah. I'm like, what, yo, they literally just wanted to be like, older ladies don't get acting roles anymore. We're going to make a <laughs> literally a movie about just an older lady wanting to fuck. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. You got to make them like hypersexual. That, that is another thing. Because when they do make an older lady one, it's like way too try hard. And yeah. it's all like, we're all going to wear pinks and purples, ladies, and we're going to be fucking strong, you know? Yeah. Or we're like, fuck, we're going to fucking fuck you know and it's just like <laughs> can you be interested like real yeah i don't know can we have a plot line yeah besides exactly. fucking yeah <laughs> no apparently not <laughs> yeah that's pretty crazy i would i don't know yeah but anyway so jeremy clarkson yes <laughs> back to the time thievery yeah jeremy clarkson which I, who in my head would actually kind of look like the actor that played igor in young frankenstein you know yeah so for some reason um, he's uh, working on the glass clock. Le, that car- um, the female auditor that became human, Legine, right? Legine. She uh, eventually starts trying to sabotage the operation. Yeah. She she's getting used to being a human and enjoys it. Wants to experience more of humanity. Humanity. Her so character just, is very compelling. It it, 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 yeah. it grows at, on you. It's it, you see you see all the aspects of being human in such a short amount of time. Like she, she's such a well-kept person at first. 
And then just over the course of the book, she's just a bedraggled mess. Yeah, which is who us. wants to die at the end. That's us. <laughs> she lived a, an entire human cycle in one plot. Yeah. One plot line. Because that is human beings, right? Yeah. We all start out like, we're all put together. We're like, this this matters, and this matters, and we should do this, and let's go here, right? And then by the time you're fucking like on the, on the way out, you're just a fucking mess, and you want to die. And like she goes out a pretty good way. And she goes out with style. They said, like, this is yeah. so rare to find a woman with style. Yeah. You know? And she really <laughs> did. So the way she dies is, you want to say it? Or? She jumps in a tub of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> fucking what? The auditors can't handle the sensory overload of yeah. chocolate, right? So she, she, like, requests just chocolate. And then a ladle. And they even like decorate it for her. Yeah, they give her a special ladle and everything, and she's like strips down naked. Fuck that! I'm jumping in. (laughs) And then she dives into this vat of chocolate. I mean, that is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, and chocolate, you know, doesn't take a high temperature to get warm. It's only like about like eighty degrees. Yeah, they didn't have to make it boiling, so she didn't she didn't go out like fucking burning and shit. She's in a warm cloud of chocolate. (laughs) You know, she's eating ah. Yeah, just just like gulping it down while underneath and just like hitting hitting all the flavors and then just goes into Bliss. nothingness <laughs> yeah. although you can never use that chocolate anymore like that vat of chocolate yeah it's kind of it'd be kind of gross there's a dead body in it but you know that's okay <laughs> somebody would eat it i don't know probably me but that's a good character right so she she's like trying to sabotage it the other auditors kind of get wise yeah. and uh suspicious of her so they all start becoming human yeah they they like I think eight of them get together and they all become human and it's like, okay, Mr. White, Mr. Black, Mr. Green, and then they start <laughs> arguing because now they've given themselves monikers. So who's who has the more important moniker? Oh, I'm yeah. Mr. Black. Well, they start arguing about hierarchy. Yeah. Because they're individuals now. Yeah. They're no longer auditors, right? Yeah. And the, they're they're auditors in a human framework. Yeah. Human brain. And um, the one that asserts the most dominance at first is Mr. White, mm-hmm. right? He claims the, he didn't even have Mr. White at first. It was like Mr. Black or something. Yeah, yeah. And he just like basically steals it from some lady, right? He's like, fuck you. I'm Mr. You know, he, he already has like the ego yeah. and he decides to like assert the rules. And he decides that the rules are whatever the fuck he says the rules are. Yeah. So you get with a hatchet, right? <laughs> yeah. He, he, he figured he it out her pretty punch, quick. He lets her punch him to see... You know, oh, you you have this urge to do something. Well, then let's 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 test it out. And she punches him, and then he's like, "All right, now I have an urge." Takes an axe and split, chops her head off. He's yeah. like, "Now who else has an urge for something?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He learns real quick the cardinal rule of humanity. Yeah. You know, bigger stick. Yeah. Rules. I make the rules. Yeah. So then he starts doing that. He he asserts dominance over all the auditors, right? And uh, but then they start getting more and more deranged and crazed because yeah. they're still like the sensory input is like a lot for them and they're like still like eating shit and yeah they can yeah they learning they can't eat any kind of major food mm-hmm. um, the artwork and then they just start doing weird shit like like tearing apart or deconstructing artwork trying to yeah. categorize it and categorizing the cobblestones and all kinds of shit right. Which is a lot like what people do to consume artwork nowadays, you know, conceptually. Yeah. You know, we have to dismantle the dead. It's like, you know, if you do that, you actually won't get it, you know. And they're just like, oh, you're racist, you know. And then you're just like, all right, well, do whatever you want, you know. But, yeah. 
Yeah, the auditors are a contemptible aspect of people. Yeah, the, the human psyche. For sure, it's the it's it's the worst, some of the worst aspects of humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, I feel like current, you know, before we used to think that the worst aspects of humanity were the primitive ones, right? The bashing each other over the head thing, right? Yeah, no, but it's 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 the. But we see that when the auditors start really bashing each other over the head, that, that Luce goes, ah, look, democracy, the beginning of democracy. Yeah, yeah. Right? It, it's the repressed natural instincts of humans that gets released. Like people who are like the bureaucrat, like take any kind of office workers and stuff and put them in like a serious situation. Like people who've just been repressed and held inside of a cubicle for a few years put them out on an island with a few other of their own kind, they're going to tear each other apart. They don't have those rules, like strictly regulated people. Once they don't have those rules anymore that they strictly follow by <laughs> for so long, they, they, don't, they won't know what to do anymore. Maybe. They, you know, I, used, I thought that too, but then I also think it's possible that the people that gravitate towards the rules... Um, First of all, they do it because they are not the kind of people that can handle being free of those yeah. strict like structures, right? And uh, but they also get a kick out of it. They're attracted to it because making yourself um, a part of an organization, right, gives you leverage and power over other people yeah. through rule making, yeah. right? And not only that. You don't even have to be responsible for it because it's an organization. It's not your fault, right? Yeah, that's they, Nazi Germany. That's the Russian gulags. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the, the auditors. They can't that's the say auditors. we you know, or yeah. me. I mean, yeah. yeah, they can't take personal responsibility. So yeah, it's it, it is. Yeah, yeah they they it's all the power, none of the responsibility technically. Yeah, and so uh, it's just that there used to be a there's that saying that's um, you know power corrupts. Right. Yeah, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Right. But there's also another thought after that, which is maybe it's that corrupt people gravitate to power. Like people that are that are corruptible yeah. want power. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it will do that. That's why I think in uh, in society we have this kind of like truism, this idea that like a good leader would be someone who didn't want to be a leader. Right. Yeah. Like we all kind of feel that instinctively. Yeah. If you if you're trying to be the leader, then maybe you shouldn't be. Very suspect. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's a. Yeah. The auditors are a really interesting archetype to kind of try to pick apart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I but I do think it's like people that try to hide behind rules, people that use rules for to, to dominate, to for leverage, for control. Right. That's the evil. That's yeah. why rules are bad, you know, <laughs> is what I'm trying to get to. I mean, I, I mean, whatever. I think I've spent my whole life just trying to justify being a teenager in my head forever. But <laughs> I, I really do feel like there's something to that. And then there's like, you know, when the auditors like really go crazy, they start bashing each other with the head. And then Lute say like, this is democracy, right? Yeah. That's actually a pretty, that's an insightful observation. And I think an actual... Um, that's actually something that like a philosopher said or some or a writer said uh, a while ago, like in the 1900s or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I forget who it was, though. Maybe Thoreau. I, don't I know. think they also touched on that on small in small gods. Yeah, they do. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, because democracy is just, it, it really literally is bash you over the head, nah. right? And I win and we're doing this and we're going this way, right? Yeah. But then as societies become more complex, you still do that, but it like, it starts to crystallize and you have to be more abstract about it. So rather than bashing each other overhead, we compete for resources. We got our rules, you know, like to not fuck with anybody else or yeah. hurt anybody else, right? But like, you're still, you know, Democrats, Republicans, you know, we're still like bashing each other over the heads. Yeah, we still fucking do call each other ridiculous shit and libel yeah. and mm -hmm. all kinds of shit. And it sucks, and so, but it's life, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's life. So the only way to get rid of that is to take away life, which is what the auditors do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's all. That's what I was thinking about when I was reading it. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, okay. Uh, this is what it's about. Didn't mean to go rant for that long. Um, so, yeah, uh, we were on the auditors. They just changed into uh, humans to uh, go and check on Lejeune whenever she was uh, going meet with Jeremy Clarkson. Um, they suspect her of actually sabotaging her kind of keeping it kind of going for longer than it should yeah she totally she tries to throw a hammer at the thing yeah I, well, yeah <laughs> after a while she yeah while they're arguing and uh jeremy's having his fit like oh i need my medication mm -hmm. and shit and, but then he starts he stops taking it and stuff uh right what, what was the deal with that yeah i i'm guessing it's like some uh, what do you think happens? Like, does he just go? Does he try to kill somebody, or does he go insane? Well, he killed someone. So he does. Yeah, the, that's what happens. The like the reason he got on the medication is because of the uh, Clockmakers Guild. He apparently killed someone because he, he he references a bloody hammer. Yeah. At one point, so exactly. Um, it is. It's a medica I'm, I'm guessing it's some kind of like. It's like antipsychotic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, but it, it kind of dumbs down his brain probably, and he just felt like he, in order to work on the ultimate clock, the glass clock, that he needed his full brain power. Mm -hmm. So he just stop, stops taking it. He's just pouring it down the drain. It's interesting too because uh, Igor, whenever he he watches Jeremy, he always thinks about how sane he seems. Yeah, yeah. Well, because all of his other uh, masters have been uh literally named like mad bone whatever and yeah yeah they're know. named after like wrestlers yeah basically <laughs> dr mad dog <laughs> yeah and they you know they they you know stick screws in people's noses and he has all the screws labeled in a drawer perfectly like sectioned and everything and he's like so this is sanity yeah <laughs> but it's a weird thing still like this level yeah. of sanity i mean it's clearly he's so sane that he's insane yeah yeah <laughs> Which is really good you know that's good stuff so meanwhile in a distant valley a young apprentice of the history monks lapsang lud and his old teacher luze called the sweeper hear that a glass clock is being built luze knows of such a clock side effect since he was sent but failed to prevent a previous clock from being built he and Lapsang head for Ankh-Morpork to stop Jeremy from building it. And that's the whole, mm. that encapsulates that. Um, Lapsang isn't his student at first. They just give him to Luze. Yeah. Because they didn't know what to do with him. Because he keeps stealing everything. Yeah, he, he showed a lot of promise. He did the stance of the coyote whenever he was falling off a building, which stopped time for him and stuff. And they're like, it, he has talent, but he he's like, 
in their classes. He's just like staring at a wall and answering the, the shit correctly and stuff. But it's like not that question he's asking. It's this other question that's written on the wall. Yeah, he's basically doing good goodwill hunting. Yeah, like exactly. Every day. So yeah. they're just like, we don't know what to do with him. So give him to the person that we don't know what to do with either like the dude who does his own thing it's a logical yeah connection let them bother each other right it's like it's his (laughs) problem now kind of deal right so then he uh meets him in the garden of five Five surprises surprises. which is great right yeah and uh the fifth surprise they don't reveal until the very end yeah right so so the first four are like what are they um I i was just on it let's see the first four are like a butterfly so, on a statue that if you breathe... Oh, no, a butterfly statue that if you breathe on it, it starts to flap its wings. Yeah. There's another one where... Is it a water one or something like that? No, no, that that's the um, Garden of the Four Elements. Oh, okay. Um, dang it. So, it was in his Garden of Five Surprises, carefully cultivating his mountains, which I love, bonsai mountains. The idea of that is fucking yeah. great. I love that. Really? I couldn't get my head around it because I was just like, so wait a minute. Just imagine like a... Like a like a bonsai tree. Like a bonsai tree, the size of a bonsai tree, but it's a mountain and you just like shape it and you could put like a glacier on it so it clears out a valley. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a beautiful idea. Yeah. I, I want that to be real so bad because <laughs> I would do that. I, I Like yeah. just manicuring a mountain. The closest we have is uh, <laughs> like those elementary school volcanoes that you make yeah. where you just p- dump a bunch of clay on a pile and make a hole in it. And then you just pour baking soda and vinegar. Yeah. You, did you ever do that? Yeah, I did it once. I mean, <laughs> that, was, that was the the like quintessential science fair project. Yeah. You, you had to do it at least once in your life. Whenever I was growing up, it's like, OK, this is a fun thing to do. But once. Yeah. Once you do it, it's like, OK, you that you blew that load like literally (laughs) literally yeah (laughs) Uh, thank you (laughs) Uh, you see a lot of that in the gay clubs in the bathrooms Um, Um, a lot of volcanoes erupting on people's backs (laughs) but um, let me see if I could find the uh... (sighs) well but it's things like that right I mean it's fine if you you find it but yeah as they've been taught four made up the universe in the fifth surprise wait Ah, found it. I found a little bridge that tilts and throws you in the cart pool. <laughs> good, good. Okay. And I have found the bronze sculpture of a butterfly that flaps its wings when you breathe on it. Mm-hmm. That's two. There's the surprising way that those daisies spray you with venomous pollen. Oh, right. Yeah. It's ah, like, yes. Many people the find top. them extremely surprising. <laughs> and I believe the fourth surprise is the yodeling stick insect. Right. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't find the fifth surprise. Right. And yeah, you find that out at the, at the end of the yeah. the whole thing. And it turns out to be like a lame. <laughs> like not lame, but you know, just like it's, extremely Yeah, it's super whimsical. silly. Like the most silly shit. Um, uh, we'll, we'll say it at the end of the podcast. But, but <laughs> all right. <laughs> it, it's, it, it, is, it is one of those things you like, all right, you went uber silly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, we get it, Terry Pratchett. <laughs> Very whimsical. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then uh, so they they go and they uh, like Luze is basically testing him throughout the whole fucking thing, like mm-hmm. bringing him to the the uh, boxes, the big wooden boxes that shoot metal balls, and he he catches like 
kind of catches one in his chest and almost knocks him off his feet. And he's like, no one could should be able to do that at this fucking level. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he's just good at splitting time. Yeah, like he, he's just gifted. Yeah, he he's undeniable. Stole Luze's shovel without him even noticing, and Luze knows it, but he's just like, no, I didn't do it. <laughs> but then it's uh, they also have they also find that he has a, a uh, an affinity for wherever that clock is. Or yeah, something, right. He, Which is they important walk good. over the mandala, and he he ha- has a reaction to it. Yeah, where like nobody should. Right, and so nobody else can see it. Um, Death actually can't see Lopsang. Yeah. So everybody's kind of running blind with what's going on. They're not quite sure. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then the whole time, because this isn't mentioned in the plot, in in this um, um, summary, uh, the whole time Death is trying to get the... The four horsemen to ride with him. Yes. uh, Yes, the four horsemen. And then there was a fifth, um, but he's off on his own, split from the gang, before they became famous. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he goes and to, uh, I think it was Pestilence first, or was it, yeah, it was Pestilence first. And then he goes against Famine. Famine, and, and then War. War. Yeah, and War's wife is just a cunt. Yeah, she's a total fucking cunt. She, but, <laughs> and it's like, she, weirdly, like he gave her a lot of agency and like his oh, memories and stuff. Telling, and she, telling him everything. Yeah, she, like, she's a Valkyrie, right? So she used to be yeah. like a warrior chick herself. Yeah. But it, now, it, now she's just like stirring soup and like staring at everybody resentfully. It's like, you know? No, you don't like that. Yeah. No, you don't like that. You don't like whiskey and you don't like wine. You like oats. With oat milk, currants, yeah, <laughs> like oats and milk, you know, everything else gives you wind, you know, and then he's just like, I guess you're right, dear. So he's like a total whatever, and then uh, he spends his war spends his time just uh, ob- observing uh, ants go to ants. war with each other. Yeah, he, just, he like shrinks himself down so he can just yeah. like get on their battlefield. Yeah, and cute. just collect heads of ants. Yeah, it's <laughs> so weird, but yeah, yeah it's. It, I mean, total married guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a retired guy, like with some menial hobby, mm-hmm. basically that quintessential person. Yeah. Uh, but um, later on, when he decides to ride out, oh yeah, with the the horseman, right? Then she's like riding behind him on his horse, and uh, he tells her, "Get the fuck off." Yeah, he's nicely. Like, at that, yeah, at that point, he's just like, yeah. "Yo." Woman, I'm yeah. going to do this. He, he totally like just came in, and then she just like came in her panties. Right? Yeah, she's like, oh my god, <laughs> war! Oh my god, I can't wait over here. Oh my god. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, and so the whole time you're thinking that they're gonna ride out and eliminate humanity, or just do what they have to do, yeah, to symbolically whatever. Yeah. And then that the angels are supposed to come and all this crap, right? Oh, that that I laughed at that so hard whenever that happened. I'm like, because. Uh, they, Brotha changed that from Small Gods. Yeah, I, I didn't, yeah. Whenever I read that, I'm like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Brother comes back in fucking, in this book. And it, yeah, his prophet, his uh, recreation of Omniism scrapped that entire fucking like part of the apocalypse of this angel coming in and yeah. blowing his horn. entire... His yeah. his entire job is scrapped. Yeah. Just like that's like an actor, you know. That's like an actor thinking that they're gonna have this huge uh, career changing role, you know. And then they last minute they cut it. Yeah. And you're just like, all right, fuck, you know. I learned all my lines and everything. So they the angels pretty much acting like that. Yeah. And um, the, 
and I love it. It's a, it's a book, an iron book. So yeah. all the pages yeah. are metal. Yeah. And two of them get stuck together and all this stuff. It's like insane. They're like rusted together. Or some yeah. Shit. Yeah. Meanwhile, like the fifth horseman is um, just kind of in. Ronnie. Completely. Yeah. It's Ronnie Soak. <laughs> Uh, which is funny because, yeah, his soak backwards is chaos, chaos. right? And that's how Luze, because he sees the reflection of the sign. Yeah. And he's like, there's fucking chaos over here, you know? And, uh, and then kind of tricks him into coming back yeah. and riding out with these guys. Yeah. Get, so, pulls his ego out and like, yeah, you know, everybody, everybody, chaos isn't what it used to be. Chaos yeah. is more, you know, just like whatever happens, happens. Right. This is not volcanoes and... And and earthquakes anymore, you know. It's it's it's. Oh, I I got hit by a, a cart earlier today. That's chaos. Yeah. It's like no, I'm chaos, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. It's like deep dark. I mean, chaos, an old concept, right? Yeah. Before, I think chaos used to be a female, like a feminine inter um, personification or something. But I think that's just because. Um, there's, I think for humans, you know, there's nothing more insane and chaotic than like a baby coming out of somebody's pussy. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that that's why, yeah. you know, because that's the most unpredictable thing we can handle, yeah. right? It's just like screaming, blood, ah! and then like baby, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I love his sword, the, the flaming. Oh, yeah. Ice cold sword. sword. Yeah. That is so cold. It's fire. Yeah. Cold fire. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. But then he spends his whole life um, make, as a milkman, making cheeses and stuff like that. Yeah, he's going to start on ice cream soon. Yeah. Dude, I'm thinking about making cheese. Really? I wanna make Yeah, well, I want to start making uh, cheese out of raw milk. Okay. So I'm going to try mozzarella. Where are you going to get the raw milk from? You, you know a place? Yeah, I found uh, there's a, a milk club here for raw oh, milk okay. people. It's like drugs. They uh, act like it's drugs. I mean, no, yeah, it's because I... Growing up on a farm, we had a milk cow at one point. I know how to milk a cow. Oh, cool. And uh, so we would have our own raw milk. and then, But it's illegal in certain states to sell raw milk in stores. Yes. Including Louisiana and Texas. Whenever I lived in Seattle, it's legal. Yeah. And I used to buy raw milk all the time in Seattle. That's great. Um, it, tastes, it tastes good, right? It's so good. I've never had it. It's so, like, you, all the nutrients are still there. Like, it's so much more flavorful. This cream. The cream on top. Like, you can, you can, like, you could take that and turn it into butter, cheese or butter. Butter, yeah. That's what I want to do. I want to mm -hmm. just kind of experiment. I want to get a gallon or, no, actually, I think I might need maybe two or three even. But, like, get a gallon, make a bunch of butter, mm -hmm. and then uh, use the rest. Uh, maybe, like, buttermilk or various things, right? Yeah. And then make mozzarella cheese with. That'd be fire. With, yeah, I want to see how it comes out. Hopefully, I don't get myself food poisoning. But yeah, yeah, just. Uh, but here it's like, yeah, I guess because the whole Texas you can't sell it in stores thing. Yeah. What they do is, um, the one I'm in, you got to join a club, right? Yeah. Super secret club, PayPal only, you know, whatever. Send it here, and then you gotta just email him and say what you want. It was like, I want uh, three gallons of milk and this cheese or some shit. Yeah, because you're technically they, not buying the milk you're exactly. just paying for a membership and then getting milk yeah and and even in the paypal thing you got to put friends and family mm -hmm. you know and so you literally have to go pick it up at some locker refrigerator locker somewhere damn they're they're, they're just like we're not taking any chances yeah even yeah. though it's just raw milk that's so wild that people have to do that for fucking milk for milk yeah Fuck. it's crazy but but there's like raw milk places around here that's that's one thing i like about Texas is like you, you want can, some shit you can find you it you can find it yeah that's it's pretty cool <laughs> it's not like in New York it's, it's a lot harder 
uh, to do any of that shit. Is, is, is raw milk not able to be sold in stores in New York? No, no, not at all. You cannot get raw milk in New York. Everything is so heavily regulated okay. there. And it's easy to regulate in New York because you can't get into New York unless you cross bridges, yeah. you know, heavily, you know, checkpointed yeah. bridges. I mean, I would, I would think... Like me personally, I would think that it would milk would be less regulated in Louisiana than Seattle, but it's the opposite, mm. you know. So yeah, like raw milk, I could get it at Safeway in yeah. Seattle. In Louisiana, you can't. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, technically, I looked it up, and supposedly it's probably different, maybe in certain states. But what you can't do is sell raw milk across state lines. Oh. Okay. But they can't prosecute you if you're giving milk to somebody within the state of your residency or where that milk's coming from okay so you can get away with it like that yeah. i think that's what people are doing here yeah and that that makes i mean it should it should just be freaking legal it should be legal that's it's it's crazy it's yeah. crazy because it's not even like <clears throat> it's not drugs. you're not gonna die every it's, time like they're afraid of the whole food poisoning thing right yeah. but even that's not gonna happen that often no yeah. you know and you could if we're regulating for food poisoning then regulate fucking fast food places like yeah what are we doing here nothing like, we're doing nothing we get, we get more fast food poisoning from most of the restaurants and shit food trucks and everything it's like bonkers none of the spend that money on the regulations on actual like yeah food uh the the health inspectors and shit to take care of actual food poisoning problems i, <laughs> I know it makes no fucking sense the way they and that's why like once you realize that you really gotta kind of like take it in your own hands and just kind of do your own fucking thing yeah. like you got to do it because the things that are controlled substances are great yeah. mushrooms i'm talking about drug mushrooms okay <laughs> lots of drugs that are non-addictive and raw milk and shit like that like they're all in the same like do them yeah because they're great and then the things that are unregulated are it's like don't do that you know yeah smoking cigarettes is worse than any of the things that i mentioned yeah I'm just not, yeah you smoke yes it's all right i smoked for years years and years i did all through college and then i stopped for like 10 years that's great like cold turkey that means you can do it again i know but it's, it's harder the second time it's hard with a job where you just kind of like sit at a front door yeah and security yeah. it's because i have so much time to just like step outside smoke a cigarette real quick is boredom like a trigger for you because stress triggers me it, it for me i think it's stress because i, I like it's it's a mix because I'm constantly stressing about what's happening in the club. I can't always see what's happening in the back patio. Uh, there's always some homeless people doing crazy shit on this block. Mm -hmm. um, this so, block, the whole fucking downtown area. But I, I yeah. mean, this block in particular. At least I know a few of the homeless people on this block that tell me regularly, like, "Oh yeah, this dude's here. Okay. Watch this." Um, All right. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's it's a mix of like that stress and then the the ability to just step outside. And like be able to stand at the door and not have to do stuff for like maybe five minutes, get a quick smoke in, relax. <sighs> okay, now I'm gonna go check the room for hecklers again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> I know how it is. Yeah. But then there's also like the added thing where when you quit once, the second time is harder because you kind of go, I did it already. You know? Yeah. It's, and it's harder to kind of like get get your mind to kind of be like, you got to do it again. I do. I do feel bad because a group of us did promise to all quit for New Year's. Me, Rebecca, Justin, uh, Tone, like a big group of us all all agreed to quit. And Rebecca's like 
the only one who's really sticking with it. Oh, good for her. She yeah. She's really strong, really keeping with it. I fucking dropped out two days in. Oh no. I was like, ah, dude, I need a pack. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, you gotta get past that like first month. Yeah. And it's and it's hard. It's hard I, and I think she she's like staying with Justin and so or not staying with Justin, but she's dating Justin and uh they spend a bunch of time together. I'm pretty sure Justin quit too because it would, that would be difficult for her to quit and him not to quit. It's almost impossible. Yeah, I've done that. I've tried to. I've dated somebody and then you smoke and it's like you're gonna mm, smoke. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna smoke because you're both. You know. Yeah. Because it's like you don't you don't want to be shown up by another person who quit. You know. So you're gonna try to kind of be like, well, okay, all right. <laughs> you sure? You sure? Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to quit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. 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 <laughs> And just leave the pack like right there. I'll, I'll just be a second. I'm gonna go to the kitchen. <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean, you could do it. I guess you did it already. Yeah, yeah, I did it. Uh, yeah, I gotta figure out some kind of. The second way I qu- the second time I quit it was because I caught uh, acute bronchitis. Oh shit! So I couldn't even breathe, let alone smoke. So I was. Just, it was like a. It lasted for like a week. So then I was like. I mean, if I could just do two more weeks, I guess I'll be good, <laughs> you know, at this point, you know, fuck it. Yeah. All so, right. Yeah. Well, hopefully I get really sick soon. Yeah. I hope, yeah. I hope you have a near death experience. Um, <laughs> near death though. Not, doesn't actually happen. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then you quit. So, you know, I, we can go get you some acute bronchitis. I mean, I'm sure we can make that happen. <laughs> just gotta, some lab some, somewhere. Some overnighters. Yeah. Just some, something, you know, take a dip in a pool at 2 a.m. Just like walk around. <laughs> wet but anyway so all this is happening right yeah uh the the four horsemen of the apocalypse then five right they're all like ganging up and you think that they're gonna go and like ride out on humanity and just end everything because time ended yeah that was the original plan right but then they all agree like no yeah time has stopped and humanity's being wiped out and they're closer to humanity than these fucking auditors so they owe their their personification of themselves to humanity, yeah. right? They, they like belong to humanity. So I think, th- and then there's that line where I think death says like, remember who we're fighting for. Yeah. And then that's when it flips and they're like, we're fucking up these auditors, bitch, right? So then the auditors, but then it's hard to fight them. Yeah, I mean, they're basically nothing's in just void Relentless space. Relentless emptiness. You're fighting- Thousands of them just the floating in space. Right. Yeah. So they're actually having a hard time. Yeah. But, um, it's because the auditors are just the personification of law, of like rule, you yeah. know, and rules and law of order or whatever the fuck. So that's why chaos is such an important fifth writer. Yeah. He, he changes the whole thing. Yeah. Because he's chaos. Yeah. He's the most ancient, you know, he's uh, the oldest power. I love it. And yeah. Whenever he, he rides up with the uh, butterfly whole helmet, like the helmet with the butterfly eye sots and shit. Yeah, that's pretty he's, dope. he's chaos, but then he takes it off and the book's like, Ronnie says mm-hmm. so whenever the helmet's off he's Ronnie and then he puts it right back on and it's like chaos rides out <laughs> I didn't catch that either damn that's what happens because I, I speed read through it I miss like little details sometimes that's good I'm glad you're here for that, for that. okay uh, alright so they're fighting them right the auditors were using one of their own as an agent when contacting Jeremy Myria Jean took a human form became quite disturbed by her experiences as she became more human and individual as opposed to the collective auditors we already covered that so she begins to understand more about humans and she opposes the activation of the clock and she eventually joins with Lapsang and Susan to defeat the other auditors who have also made themselves more human. Uh, after the resolution, she ends her own life by diving into a vat of high quality chocolate. I love that. 
Like, what a fucking woman. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, and then, yeah. So, Susan, Lopsang, and Myria fighting, or Miria, I guess. Yeah. Uh, fighting the auditors is also funny because they're running around um, a, and, uh, and a museum. Warpor- oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, of- yeah, they're running around and more pork. Uh, mm. Susan, like, hates auditors. And yeah. that's, that's another thing I identify with in her person, because in myself, you know, like, I hate people. Like, I really, really hate people like that. Yeah. And I think it's because, I don't know, when when you... You know, people people can do their own thing, yeah. you know? So it's just like, I just resent people like that who just try to, like, I hate HR ladies, but, um, like, I hate them. I hate them. They suck. They know they suck. That's the thing, you know? Like, they know they suck. Their whole fucking function is to make you think that they have one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, they suck. They're like, hey, we should do a questionnaire for the employee training. It's like, yeah. we don't need that. Yeah, they stupid just bitch. regulating Shit. Yeah, I've had to deal with HR. They fucking suck. They suck. Those are women that need to just like go be barefoot and pregnant. It's what you want. You know what I mean? Like go do it and and like knit doilies and hood. You know what I mean? Like like just go <laughs> fucking do that and stop like deranging people in the corporate sphere. Anyway, okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So they, yeah, they're fighting them around the city. Susan's like kicking their asses, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing about the auditors is that they learn how to yeah. fight. They watch you and then they fight like however you fought yeah. the last time. So they, it's like they have to pace themselves yeah, and Lob it's hard. Yeah, Lob beats up a few and she's like, can you fight better? And yeah. He's like, yes. She's like, good, because they're going <laughs> to fucking fight how you just fought. Right. So then they, <laughs> they run into that art museum and they find the auditors like picking art apart, you know, yeah, very de- postmodern. Deconstructing it into its base molecules and shit. Right. Perfect way to enjoy art, by the way. <laughs> awesome. But... They, so they're running around. They're trying to avoid them. Uh, Miria Lejean actually found a really good way to derange them away from her by making signs that make no sense. Yeah. Right? So there's a sign that goes, turn right, left. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then it stops them. Yeah. How can we go right if we also must go left? You know, the fucking heads explode, you know? Don't feed the elephant and there's no elephant there. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they're, they're like hiding behind that and they're trying to figure out what to do. Um, and that's when Lobsang comes into contact with Jeremy. They touch, they become one being again. Yeah. Because that's what they were the whole time. Yeah. And, um, and that's where you find out, like, when fucked time personified and they gave yeah. birth to the twins, we're one soul, and the blah, 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 you know, and that whole story. And um, then the whole, the rest of it happens. They stop the clock. The auditors get defeated by chaos. Yeah. Wrap it up with a nice little bow, right? <laughs> uh, Miriel Jean conveniently falls and just jumps into a vat of chocolate. We don't yeah. have to deal with her story anymore, right? She did turn into a shade and death takes her. So she did end up going from being an oh. auditor to having an actual soul. That is really interesting. Do you know that that's the premise? That's basically the underlying story behind the original Little Mermaid. Hmm. The, the the original Little Mermaid. Really? Like the darker... You know how all fairy tales yeah. have like that darker all original version? All the Disney movies version? have a darker version. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Little Mermaid one... I remember I read that when I was a kid, and she was like... She was a... The whole thing with mermaids in this story is that they're soulless uh, sirens. They have no souls. They're eternal. Right. They, they just exist. The old school idea of a siren. Yeah. They're just these soulless fish women, right, who uh-huh. go around, oh, I killed this motherfucker, you know, but yeah. they come down 
I'll suck your dick, you know, and then he drowns, you know. I had heard Ursula, like, I'd heard a little bit about it, but, like, that Ursula wasn't, like, evil, evil. Like, she was, like, she's a trident sister, and, uh, but she, she, uh, was, like, cast out or something. Yeah, she was cast out and result. She's not necessarily good or she, you know, she's she's kind of. I guess she's kind of a baddie. Like she's using uh, the a little mermaid, the Little Mermaid, sort of. Yeah. You know, but I forget exactly how. Um, she's doing that. I think. She, yeah, she's just kind of trying to fuck with that fam- the royal family or something. Yeah, yeah. Like she was cast out, so she's trying to like get back at them and shit. Yeah, it's more like a revenge thing. Yeah. Um, but it's like a real psychological thriller kind of thing, you know, like the the original one because, um. You know, the Little Mermaid, uh, the whole thing happens, right? And then she wants to be human. And then she goes to Ursula. And Ursula's like, here, you know, whatever. Yeah. There you go. And then she washes up on shore. The prince comes by and um, sees her. She can't speak. It's the whole thing, the whole deal, yeah, yeah. you know. And um, he saves her. But she, but actually, she saved him because he was drowning. Okay. That, that whole thing happens, right? Yeah. But he doesn't know that she's a mute. And what happens is when he wakes up, he sees her. He looks up. There's another lady, some redheaded lady, just looking down at him, like, "You okay?" And he's like, "You saved me, bitch. You know, you're hot. You know, you want to get married or whatever." And then also, there's this deaf mute girl. I don't know where she came from, but I feel sorry for her. So let's go. Let's all three of us. You know. <laughs> so he basically like adopts the Little Mermaid, but she's like, "I saved this dude," but she can't tell him. Right. She can't speak. Right. So the marriage plans go ahead because he's like, "This redheaded chick saved me." Because why i don't even know why he thought that right she literally said okay and he's like goddess of my safety you know how could thank you so as they're getting married um her sisters come right they're on that boat and um they're like look we know that if you don't marry this guy what's going to happen is you're going to turn into foam sea foam that's like the penalty it's like marry this guy or you're going to disintegrate into sea foam and never exist like as if you never existed so she's like yeah i don't know what to do and they're just like well we talked to ursula and she said all right well look and she gave us a knife now if you go and you stab the prince in the neck and then bathe in his blood you can be one of us again (laughs) what that's the original (laughs) man they get so dark yeah like that's the original children's story yeah no that's man disney they they do a good (laughs) job of like cleaning it up and stuff right but why what would make them like okay we're gonna make a kids movie let's go to some really dark place and try to clean that up (laughs) try to clean up fucking bathing in the blood of a prince to Man, Dude, everybody was on coke at the time. There's everybody. so many other stories. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> what makes them choose that one? Because they were the bigger story. They were the biggest yeah. like, in the psyche of 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 uh, you know people coming from Europe and shit. Like everybody knew those stories. Yeah. So they just decided to make it like PG, PG version of it. That's, that's squeaky clean. Wild. Yeah. So what happens is the Little Mermaid uh, has she holds the knife and she's like, I could just like, you know. He's over there, like a Puerto Rican, just like on the boat. Like, I'll stab him. Stab him in the fucking, right? But then she goes, I can't do it. I love him, right? Naturally. So Right. So she throws the knife into the ocean and disintegrates and dies. And then the reward is she has a soul now because okay. she did that. So really, like, it's kind of within the Christian yeah. 
worldview. Yeah, yeah. But do, do something good, get a soul. Right. She she sacrificed herself. Yeah. She limit. She she agreed to just let herself become nothing. Yeah. And because of that, the reward is like you can go to heaven. Yay! Woo. You you're dead. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Your self sacrifice kind of meant something. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. We'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody else will find out about it. You didn't talk the entire time, so yeah. nobody knows you did anything. You had at no all. speaking roles, <laughs> really. This is your first role in Hollywood, you know, and so you should just be grateful. It's just the death scene, yeah. You do. <laughs> yeah, her her role was like Christopher Walken in one of the first movies. You know, when he just never talked and he was just a detective. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right, we've been talking for two hours, and yeah. we, we did get through this story, so that was dope. Yep. All right, so uh, that was Thief of Time. Yes. That was great. Thanks for talking to me. Super fun. This was a fun episode, as usual. Indeed. And uh, what's the next one? So I was going to go, we we're going to start on actually book one of the Discworld now. Uh, it's the uh, Rincewind subseries, which is a, the cynical, cowardly mage. Um, it's called Color of Magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's actually a graphic novel okay. about it as well. Okay. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's super fun. Uh, kind of like a hero's journey with a, a wizard and an insurance salesman and his luggage. Sounds perfect. It's great. All right. Well, until next time, book one is what we're doing next. Yep. You're going all over the place. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. <laughs> we're already going all over the place, as you have <laughs> yeah. heard over the last couple of hours. Yes. But we always come back to this place. Thanks a lot, Clay, for Thank the episode. You, Melissa. It was uh, yes, it's it was always fun. fun. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Bye.